Carcon Carne has gone through some significant changes lately. The most important being that I'm in space right now. If you're looking at me on the video on Facebook Live or on YouTube, I'm, I'm coming to you from outer space. I love doing this Zoom video chat with the custom backgrounds. Uh, my guest today is Philip Michael Scales. We'll be talking to him shortly. I should mention before we begin, Carcon Carne is sponsored by C&H Financial Services. When the world gets back to normal, when things start feeling like they did back in February, all those weeks ago, visit freeprocessingnow.com or call 855-600-2437, extension 999, so you can start saving money, business owners. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. So Philip Michael Scales is here. Hello, Philip. Philip Hi, Michael Scales. Good. Uh, I mentioned that the show is different now. Usually I'm in my car. Usually we're doing interviews there and uh, eating from different restaurants. It is now quarantine con carne. This is the world we're living in. Are, are you actually eating food as we're talking? Are you living I up am. to the- I made a little cheese plate. I went to Trader Joe's and had myself a good time. Hold that up again. You know, you got a little bit of, you got a little bit of stuff, a little brie, a little bit of gruyere, you know, a little baguette. You're, you're living fancy over there. You know, when they go low, we go high. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that. You know. Philip Michael Scales, you are one talented singer-songwriter, artist. And the arts performance has been in your blood forever. You started in musical theater as like a kid, right? I was nine years old. Was, it, was this something you were put on did stage? Your, did your parents steer you in the, in the direction of acting? No, I think they were just like, I was just that kid. And they were just like, ah, okay, cool. And actually it was funny because I was in Joseph with Donny Osmond and my mom, my sister got in and I was too young to get in. But my so mom like, being- You were in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat as a nine-year-old. With a nine-year-old Donny Osmond. Osmond. Right. That, that was a big show. I remember seeing that at the Chicago Theater back in the day. Yeah, man. Uh, we did it in the Detroit run. And so I think we ended up doing like 50 or 60 shows. But the funny thing was my sister got in and my mom told the casting director, like, look, you get both of them or none of them. Let me know what you choose. So you wrote on her coattails. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> Starting off in the theater at such a young age and just having that in your blood from a young age, how yeah. much does or did that part of your life, just growing up on stage, basically, or how much does that inform what you do on stage as a musician today? I think it totally does, man. I think it's, it almost lends itself a little bit better now. Um, so I got, um, I was like really into Hamilton for a while. And like when it was in Chicago, I got to see it a couple of times because I won the lottery a couple of times. And um, what I've noticed is that people want to be in a world, right? Like now that we can see it, now that we can hear it, now that we can like Instagram live it and all that stuff. I feel like people want to be in a world. And so for me to be able to craft a brand that like is you can look at and you can see and you can do things like I feel like it's it's kind of theatrical. But like, you know, if you're paying $10, $15, $20 for a ticket to come see a show like you want to see a show, you know, like, I mean, maybe you want to see like some dude like strum an acoustic guitar and be like, these are my feelings, whatever. And that's great and wonderful. But like, on some level, like, we love Lizzo because she's got backup dancers and we love Lizzo because she's got like a flute. She plays flute and then she twerks and all that stuff. Like that's what we're talking about. You know what I mean? You want something immersive as a fan. You want to. Absolutely. You want to check out for two hours. Yeah, for sure. And I like as a performer, like I like 
that rhythm. I like that rhythm of like going on tour and doing the same show every night and then being like, okay, cool. It changes a little bit here, learning more about it, you know? When did you start? Has it been like 10 years since you started in earnest as a solo artist? Uh, no, I said, well, yeah, I was in a band. I was in a project called Briar Rabbit and I was Briar Rabbit. Um, mm -hmm. so I kind of had a band sometimes kind of didn't have a band, but yeah. So probably like, yeah, around 2009 was right when Briar Rabbit started. And then, um, yeah, Philip Michael scales have been around since 2015. All right. And yeah. how's your experience been coming up in the Chicago music scene? Chicago music scene is good. You occupy a unique position in the music scene. Uh, you can straddle a lot of different styles and formats and audiences. You almost serve like an, a utility purpose in the <laughs> Chicago scene. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I love I loved the Chicago scene. And, you know, Paper Machete was like the first group to really give me my, like, you know, start. They were like, we don't, we don't care what it is. Put it on stage. And, like, you know, it kind of ended up being this, this cool thing. Um, yeah, man, I, liked, I love the Chicago music scene. And I think that, like, it's interesting to see it versus Nashville um, in general just because, like, I don't know. There's something called, like, it feels like graduating classes in Chicago, right? Like there's like an age of like, you know, then these bands were popular and these venues were popular, you know? And like, I don't know, man, you all play Taste of Randolph or, or whatever. And, you know, like it was, it was cool. So I think I learned a lot in the Chicago music scene. And I think that like, there's a lot of normal people in Chicago who go see music, which is awesome, you know? In Nashville, everyone's a musician. And when you talk about Nashville, you spend a lot of time in Nashville as well. Yes, for, yes. For clarity's sake. For clarity's sake, yeah, I kind of split my time between the two at the moment. Uh, why don't you commit to one or the other? Why, why when you can have both? <laughs> I, I, I do like Nashville very much. Have you had hot chicken? I've had hot chicken. I'm a fan. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> so you were a Detroit kid. I was. I, Suburbs of Detroit. So the blues were kind of in your blood. Well, the blues were definitely in, in your DNA. Sure, uh, I, sure, guess sure. It, I guess it only makes sense that you would find your way to Chicago. Yeah. With the, blues, with the blues in your bloodstream. Yeah. And, you know, I think that Chicago's always been that town that's like, man, uh, if you if you grow up in the Midwest, it's Chicago. You know what I mean? If you grow up in the, in the East Coast, it's New York. And if you grow up on the West Coast, it's L.A., you know? Right. I, but, like, yeah, there's something about Chicago. And I, I lived in L.A. for a minute and I moved back to Chicago. Like, I don't know, man. There's something about the Chicago vibe that is just so me. How are you handling coronavirus and sheltering and being stuck where you are as a musician who lives for playing in front of uh, audiences? Lots of Lysol wipes. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's cool because as an artist, I have a lot of things to do, you know, a lot of boxes to check and things that like you just kind of let go to the wayside, like an online store or an email newsletter or whatever. You're like, ah, oh, I got to play the show. I got to do this thing. I got to get ready for tour. And so it's been a cool time to like stop, breathe, write songs like do the thing you know luckily i ended a tour in february um so like i'm kind of all right for right now but you know i mean it's it's tough you know but like facetiming washing my face like trying to get as much of a routine as i possibly can yeah. like you know that's kind of kind of been my vibe and then having creative conversations like this you know i i think getting into a routine is critical yeah. What's your, what's your routine been so far? Well, I, I've been lucky enough uh, to be able to work from home during the day. So I have a basic nine to five routine yeah. and I set it up for myself that I'm doing this podcast Monday through Friday. Now, every 
every weeknight at eight o'clock, I record the podcast. So it just, it gives me structure. It gives me something to focus on. It allows me to veer away from the shit show that's going on right now. And, you know, seeing friends get out of work and wonder, you know, how they're going to make ends meet. It's, it can be overwhelming. So for me, being able to throw myself into a podcast or work has been incredibly helpful. And I had a feeling from, from, from day one, the, the second I, I had the opportunity to work from home. I'm like, I need to do the podcast more. Like, I just, I, I know that this will feel really weird. So I need to distract myself. That's how I'm coping. And I get to That's talk great. to people like you. That's awesome, man. See? I actually have my own podcast as well. That's right. You've been doing that for a while. Yeah, I did it for a while and then I took a break. And so now I was like, season three is perfect because mine's called The Company You Keep and it's like a musician to musician podcast. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, well, I know you guys aren't doing shit. So (laughs) I called a whole bunch of my friends and, you know, we talk sort of just like this and, you know, we get to talk about what they're doing with the coronavirus. We get to talk about, you know, their story and all that stuff. So I, I, I definitely feel you and I think it's good to get out of your own head, you know? Like 100%. to be able to talk to somebody else. There's there's a thing about being a podcast host that is really good for someone who's a musician who's like me 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 to be able to like step back and be like this other person. It creates space, and I like it. Uh, let's talk about some of the new music that you've released prior to the Corona Apocalypse. Oh hallelujah! <laughs> How great is this song? Tell me about wow. the genesis of Oh Hallelujah. Thanks, man. Uh, I was I went to Nashville to record two singles. Um, neither of which were hallelujah. And then this was just kind of like this oops baby that I wrote. And isn't that how all the great songs happen? The last biggest song I had was also an oops baby. Like, I just feel like there's something about not overthinking it and then just knowing that's the song and pulling the money out of thin air to be like, I got to go record this now. And yeah, man, it was just like, I was, I, I, you know, I've got a, a wonderful lady in my life and she lived in Boston when I lived in Boston, but we never met. And I was like, you know what? We were like talking one day and she's like, what do you think would happen if we had dated earlier? And I was just like, mm. <laughs> spoiler alert, Boston Philip wasn't shit. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah. So the song is just basically about like how, how timing plays, you know, a big role in it. And it's been cool because I'll play it live and people come up to me afterwards who are like 50 years old and be like, oh my God, we blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, it's, it's cool to hear people's stories to be like, oh, this isn't just me. Like, this is cool. Love the song. Uh, tell me about Gold. Oh man, Gold. Usually my songs are a bit heavier and I was just like, you know what? Something needs to be light about this thing and so I was like why don't I write like a flirty song and um I was listening to a lot of Bruno flirty wait this is a flirty song where you say love is a heavyweight boxing match well I mean yeah yeah I mean I'm psychoanalyzing you that's my Uh form of flirting right Uh golden your my soul if you ever want to know me and there's more to your soul if you ever want to show me um like that's how I flirt right that's how people flirt no yeah sure (laughs) we'll accept it yeah, so like that uh that was that. And you know the coolest part about that song Gold is that uh do you know Zach Fox Jablow? Uh Professor Fox. Anyways, he was in a band called Vespers and he did some production for Chance the Rapper early on. Um he's been killing it in Nashville. So he was producing it for me and like we just we we produced and we produced and we produced and we like had to make the song feel good. And so it was just the two of us and then I took it into Lightning 100, which is a huge station in Nashville and it's super influential. And uh, I took it into their music meeting and they 
they were like, we like this song and it's been playing on the radio and I've been fortunate enough to hear my own stuff on like the radio while I'm driving and like almost crashed my car because I was like, holy shit, I'm playing. <laughs> so it was, it, it's been cool. So gold is, gold is a great, you know, I love that song. So musicians still get that feeling hearing themselves on the radio. I, I love knowing this. I, I think so. I mean, I'm not, I'm not to the point yet where I'm like, oh God, me again. I'm like, hell yeah, turn that shit up, hey. I'm gonna use this as a segue to talk about your uncle, B.B. King. Yes, sir. Because he told you a story a long time ago about mm -hmm. facing racism on the radio back when he was coming up. Do you remember every, that story? Just everywhere, you know? I mean, he faced it in every facet. You know? And man, I remember, so there's a podcast episode of me talking to him, and it wasn't a podcast then, but it was just me interviewing him for a paper, and man, we were talking about, you know, just the things and, and how, I mean, remember one time he said that uh, they were on a bus and they couldn't go into the restaurant. So they brought the food out to the bus. And then as they were finished, they gave the glasses and stuff back and the bus boy smashed the glasses and said, these are too dirty for us to clean. That makes my flesh crawl. Like I can't even here yeah, that. that that's a real thing that happened that's a real thing that happened so it's crazy to think that from way from a man who literally grew up working on plantations to literally go to see president obama you know like that is so much life to live and that is such a swath of of world american history that like yeah. you know so man yeah i mean his work ethic, his humbleness, his everything was kind of ingrained in me. You know, he was my hero since I was a kid. He's still my hero. And, you know, that uh, that's actually the – oops, that's the wrong one. So it's uh, a Basquiat crown, and then there's the DNA, and then there's the Kendrick lyric that says, I got royalty, got loyalty inside my DNA. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, he's just been a huge role model. And, and, you know, no matter how big he was, he was – always nice and i've never heard any stories from anyone aside from just like i met your uncle he was the nicest dude i've ever met in my entire life he was so sweet he didn't have to be there he didn't have to stay but like he did and he talked to us and so like where do i get off being like ugh, excuse me there's no charcuterie in my green room like you know <laughs> like well i always found him his public persona to be absolutely endearing charming i, I saw him this was I mean, probably early nineties, I saw him at Cubby Bear and he oh, was just, wow. it, it was just spectacular. He just, he, he just had warmth. Yeah. A real bona fide, like no, no star trip warmth on stage. Yeah. And you know, he, and he told me once we were sitting in Chicago, I think he was doing house of blues and my buddy was like, how do you keep it fresh every night? And he's like, you just don't try to do the same show you did last night. Like you just take the room for what it is, you know, whatever, you know, wherever we're at. I mean, obviously he had a show and it was a thing, yeah. but like, you know, it was, he really, you know, he was there, he was present. He wasn't just getting off a bus and being like, hello, Chicago, what's up? And then like, you know. So you took lessons from him on how to kind of navigate through life and a career. Yeah. You know, I mean, in, in that like watchful way, right? Like it was way more of like a less of a mentorship and way more of like a, you know, my grandpa died when I was, nine or eight or something like that so you know it's funny because like as I got older you know you always want to sit next to the elders at, at dinner you know like yeah. when it's Thanksgiving like 
they got all the gossip and you just like appreciate them more when you're a kid you're like i don't know like whatever they're old i don't get it and then like you get older and you're just like tell everything absolutely spill yeah exactly so you're sequestered you're not doing much publicly right now nope with these new songs these tastes of what's to come is there a lot more to come once once you get sprung yeah yeah especially probably because i'm just going to keep writing tons of music here because i can't help it it's almost a happy accident okay i'm stuck at home i better be creative and productive absolutely man i love it all right if people want to follow you hear you adore you where do they go they can go to philipmichael.net philip hyphen dash whatever you want to call it michael.net um or just spotify instagram youtube all that stuff i'm there yeah you're, you're a musician in 2020 that's how it works absolutely right how comfortable do you feel playing? You're in your kitchen right now, aren't you? Yeah. How many songs oh. have I written? <laughs> Fair. Eh? Do you feel comfortable playing over web chat? Yeah, man. Can I please play for you over web chat? Not even a please. Yes, of course. I would love that. Philip Michael Scales, as you kind of get organized here, I just want to talk about what's coming up on Carquin Carne, Quarantine Con Carne in, in the yeah, next yeah. Um, uh, Tomorrow is International Whiskey Day all around the world. It's known as International Whiskey Day. So I have a representative from Aberlour Scotch talking about making the perfect whiskey sour and explaining exactly what Scotch is, because we think we know, but we don't. And next week, Bobby Telemine, rock and roll photographer. He has shot everybody over the past decade and a half, and he's going to unveil over web chat his 10 favorite images that he's ever taken. Cool stuff. And because we do video chat now, uh, some really fun stuff to look at. Also, I'll be talking to local singer-songwriter, old friend David Singer, who just put out some new stuff. A lot coming up. We're doing this every night. It is Quarantine Con Carne, and I believe he is ready. It is Philip Michael Scales. Song's called Gold. The last love I left you be You still feel it. You came to have a drink with the sky. You don't wanna let me in I can't blame you I'm just a pretty face at the bar Love is a heavyweight boxing match Don't pull punches, no, it don't go back Last time I knocked you out cold But this gold in my soul If you ever wanna know me You've been burned before There's more to your soul If you ever wanna show me I'm outside I do whatever it takes I wanna be with you there
There's gold in my soul if you ever want to know me Well, you've been burned before But there's more to your soul if you ever want to show me I'm outside your door There's gold in my soul if you ever want to know me You've been burned before There's more to your soul if you ever want to show me Oh